Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed. Teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, right from the beginning today, I'm going to give you a heads up warning. Today's podcast may start out to be a bit disquieting. At times, it may seem rather morbid. Well, hey, you know, it is Halloween week, and that's what prompted this podcast. But I have given you a warning, and I will do my best. I promise that at the conclusion of this podcast, I'll try to tie all these kind of disquieting facts together and conclude with something rather upbeat and hopefully worthwhile. So I was out jogging. And it was a nice, crisp autumn day here in northeast New Jersey. And I was looking at the leaves, and it's marvelous. I mean, this is that time of year where it's just such a, a miraculous display of yellows and reds and oranges. It's, it's autumn. It is a favorite time of year for me. Now, as I was going along, what seemed to percolate up into my head was that by next week these leaves will be rather dismal in color and the faded yellow and all of this beautiful majestic color will be gone and that bothered me and that got me asking the question why is this so disturbing and i recall my mother but yeah, you're saying, okay, psychology, we blame all these things on our mothers. Well, in this case, uh, I, I would like to say that uh, I am my mother's son. My mother never liked flowers, and I never could understand why. And she would always say, don't buy me flowers, don't buy me flowers. And one day she said, I don't want flowers because they'll die. So you see me with my leaves and my mother with her flowers. Well, my mother's perception of not wanting to be disturbed by these realities must have been inculcated in me at a very young age because I must have been about seven, eight years old. And she and my father wanted to get me a puppy. And I distinctly remember saying, no, I'd rather not have a puppy. The reason, you may guess, because like the flowers of my mother, uh, I didn't want that puppy to one day die. So I would rather have avoided those realities by not engaging those realities. We don't want these things to end. Well, not usually. You know, things like puppies and flowers. I mean, most people, <laughs> you as excluded, most people would enjoy having a puppy or a bouquet of flowers. But these things have become 
more accessible to me as I've grown psychologically and learned to be more present. You know, and that's the key. The key is once you get into the thinking head and you start to realize that life is transient, you you tend to, you know, become bothered by that. But when you are present, you are present. You are in that moment and things are endless. The reason they are is because you are not moving yourself away from that present moment. You are embraced by it. You are enthralled by it. But every once in a while, I'm sure it's not just me, every once in a while it hits you, you know, the leaves do fall and we say, oh, gee, it's over. Oh, it's so great. But all of this autumn stuff is is why I got into this podcast today, this this illusion that we we want things to last. Like I said, most of the time, we lived in a somewhat fixed, permanent view of things, an endless thing. We don't we don't ponder. We you know we buy the puppy and we never really think about, you know what? Uh, we we think about this is going to be great and that puppy's going to add so much to our lives and it's going to be wonderful having a dog. These are the things that we healthfully focus on, especially when we're present. So I came in from my jog. <laughs> Here I am. I came in from my jog just bemoaning the fact that uh, that autumn is a transient thing. And I happened to come across something on the internet. It said, historical figures we didn't realize lived long enough to be photographed. I told you this was going to be a bit morbid, but, but hang in there with me. And, you know, these were people like Abraham Lincoln, Charles Darwin, Annie Oakley, Queen Victoria, and others. And... You know, these were like ancient pictures. The last Revolutionary War soldier. You know, and, and I was looking at these pictures, and I had this thought that I would bet that with each of these people in each of these photos would give anything to have my moment today, my day today. You see, they had their moments, and they were captured on film and those moments are gone but my moment my turn on this thing this ride we call life is is now and that gave me kind of a, a kind of rumbling feeling throughout my body that here i am with this very valuable thing called life and i own it i own today i own this moment and am I embracing it? Or am I anticipating the leaves will fall off the trees and there will be no more autumn? Am I embracing it or am I wanting to avoid flowers wilting? So this is my moment and you listening to this, this is your moment. And all these historical figures, well, they had their moment. God willing, they had good moments, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about our moments, our ability to really connect with a life in such a way. You know, I guess I, I guess I would call it a feeling of timelessness. When you are present with puppies and flowers and autumn leaves, 
These are timeless moments. And, and when you are present in this timeless state, your life takes on a different quality. So I look back and I bemoan the fact that I didn't have a puppy. Because had I had a puppy, I could have been in that timeless space of enjoying that puppy in the moment and all the moments of that puppy. But nevertheless, now, now I see the shortcoming of that avoidance. Yeah, I would have outlived that puppy, no doubt about it, unless it would have been this, this puppy with nine lives or something. And that would have been horrible. But I would have had the timeless moments of joy, of life. So, yeah, we can, we can protect ourselves from certain things by avoiding them. We can detach from getting too invested in love, in life, by not really embracing or trying to embrace something that may change by insulating and isolating, by withdrawing. And you can see this particularly in relationships. People are guarded. They're afraid to get too involved. And why is that? Well, obviously, with some degree of insecurity, self-esteem, self-worth, we protect ourselves. We avoid. We don't get into that timeless expression, that total expression of being present in that relationship, but rather we are removed, protected, avoiding. So maybe Lincoln and Darwin and Annie Oakley and Queen Victoria, maybe they had wonderful lives, but you and I have something they don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I sound kind of devious, but, but we have our lives today. They don't. They had theirs. This is our turn. And it's so important that you realize this because we can take it for granted. I mean, I, I could look back at that jog. It was yesterday. And I could have not even seen the leaves. Now, the fact that I was a bit disturbed by the leaves because they were going to end means that I left my, my presence. I left the intimacy of being in the moment. And rather than fully appreciating the autumn splendor, it was diminished. Because now, instead of being in that moment and really appreciating and experiencing, I had taken myself out of that moment, and I was thinking ahead. I was anticipating when there'd be no leaves. And you see how tragic that is. And you see how that applies to just about every aspect of life. When we leave the moment, we leave the possibility of that moment. And instead, we inject into ourselves all these detached parts of life that haven't happened yet. So we're always one step away or ahead of living in that moment. So you tell me, would Lincoln, Darwin, Annie Oakley, and Queen Victoria like to have a moment right now, of course. But we have ours. Clinging to life, trying to avoid things changing, is the quintessential best way 
of avoiding the intimacy of life. It's kind of, you know, it really is important because, you know, what what is the essence of life? Well, if we're always somewhere else and not living our life, then, you know, the crime that gets committed is that that we live a kind of mental abstraction of a life rather than life itself. <laughs> okay, so you say, now what does all this have to do with Halloween? Well, I'll, first of all, I'll admit it's rather a loose association, but uh, bear with me. Let's talk a little bit about Halloween. Since this is Halloween week, Halloween had its origins about 600 years ago in Celtic uh, Festival of Sowin. Uh, which I now have read is a Wiccan holiday. And it symbolized the end of summer and the beginning of winter. Now we see where I'm going with this. So what's the beginning of winter? Well, winter traditionally symbolizes death, things dying, leaves falling, right? And in the holiday of Sowen, the souls of those who died were able to kind of crisscross and come in and out of the homes of the people. It's like there was this revolving door. So the souls of the dead were able to come into the, the world of the living. They believed that the barrier between the worlds was breachable. And those who had died during the year believed that they could now journey to the other world and the souls of the other world could journey into our world. So so the, the barrier was semi-permeable, it was breachable. So we have all these spooks and goblins and things that could come into our world. And sometimes during these ceremonies of Sowin, the people would wear masks and other disguises. This way they could avoid being recognized by the ghosts that were coming in through this breachable portal. And they would dress as animals and monsters so that the fairies were not tempted to kidnap them. So we see Halloween has a long history of bringing all these nefarious beings, things, and making them part of a festive moment. Halloween is fun, but for me, it was the second part of what triggered this podcast. And I, I now will bring you to my take on it. You know, I was driving around all week and you know around here uh, there's all the lawn ornaments you see especially these blow-up things with uh, ghosts and witches and skeletons and zombies and ghoulish things and blood and gore I mean, it's all the things that we tend to push aside in our pristine life of the living we we go toe-to-toe -to -toe on Halloween Day, and we face all these terrifying things with amusement, which I find rather interesting. Why do we do it? Well, I think, I think that we, you know, on Halloween, we like to kind of just thumb our noses up at the dark and the frightening things. I think it's, it gives us, you know, a kind of an empowered feeling like, we're not afraid of you kind of thing. And on that day, on Halloween, we liberate ourselves from all those concerns and all those fears. But as I said, Halloween 
has always been, from the time of the Celts to now, a subtle reminder of the winter to come. Hmm. I know I said it would be rather dark, today's talk. <laughs> and I hope I'm not bumming you out, but nevertheless, Halloween was the advent, the end of the end of the harvest, and the beginning or the anticipation of winter. Leaves falling, things dying. But it was also an empowered moment of thumbing our nose at all that dark stuff to come, saying, we don't care, not on this day. That, that's my interpretation. Okay, so how am I going to turn all of this disquieting, dark stuff into a useful message, an optimistic message, a self-coaching message? <laughs> it's a juggle, but I can do it. Trust me. Give me a shot. Here I go. And here's the optimistic part. Life is precious. And yes, life is fleeting. But that's what makes it precious. If a flower never lost its bloom, you see, because certain things are fleeting and not permanent, it makes it even more precious to be in that moment. And a flower certainly, I think more than anything, symbolizes that. If we can't appreciate the bloom, because that's such a fleeting thing. But in the moment, that's where we have a chance to really be present. So next time you look at the leaves of autumn, next time you look at a friend, your partner, next time you try to embrace life itself, try to do it without distraction without anticipating tomorrow how you're going to pay your bill. You see, there's only that moment, and whatever is in your moment, be with it. Uh, we can't stay in the moment 24-7, I know that. But we need to keep coming back to that. And there's a poem by Rose Milligan. You've probably heard it. It's called Dust If You Must, and I must read this to you because. It's profound. It has an effect that is necessary. And it's disquieting, but that's part of this podcast today. But listen anyhow. <laughs> I demand that you listen to this poem. And again, this is called Dust If You Must by Rose Milligan. Dust if you must, but wouldn't it be better to paint a picture or write a letter, bake a cake or plant a seed? Ponder the difference between want and need. Dust if you must, but there's not much time. With rivers to swim and mountains to climb, music to hear and books to read, friends to cherish and life to lead. Dust if you must, but the world's out there. With the sun in your eyes and the wind in your hair, a flutter of snow, a shower of rain. This day will not come around again. Dust if you must. But bear in mind, old age will come, and it's not kind. And when you go, and go you must, you yourself will make more dust. 
Okay. <laughs> now, how you take that makes all the difference in the world. For some, that might be a very frightening thing to listen to. For me, it orients me and it grabs me and it says to me, what's important? What am I doing now, today? What's important, really important? So I'm going to conclude this podcast and I'm hoping that you have a wonderful Halloween week. And I'm also hoping that you thumb your nose at all those coolish things that are out there. All the, the monstrous things that lurk in the dark. Because Halloween is that time of liberation where we don't need to be intimidated by those darker forces. So let me conclude with this. Embrace your life today with a bit more presence. More intention. More awareness. Don't be afraid to fully engage. Don't hold back. Don't protect yourself. Because the only thing you're protecting yourself from is life. And you only have one life. Why in the world would you protect yourself from it? And as Rose Milligan might say, paint a picture, write a letter, bake a cake, or plant a seed. By God. But get out there and do it. Okay. <laughs> and listen. Visit my website, selfcoaching.net, and please do take a look at my book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. It's, it's a program I put together, a self-help, self-coaching program for beating not just anxiety and depression, but emotional struggle. If you have anything you'd like to tell me or ask me, you can reach me at my website, selfcoaching.net, or my email, selfcoachinghelp, one word, at aol.com. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, that's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. And remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And what do you say we make it simple Believe together? Yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart This is your way Life is what you make of it Believe in yourself Reach out for your dreams Don't surrender There is more than it seems Hold on and fight Follow your heart This is your way Believe in yourself Reach out for your dreams Don't surrender There is more than